The Second Letter of Peter and the Letter of Jude from the Twentieth Century New Testament. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by J. A. Carter, www.authenticlight.org. The Twentieth Century New Testament by a company of about twenty scholars. The Second Letter of Peter. Introduction and chapters 1 through 3, and the letter of Jude, also with introduction. The Second Letter of Peter Introduction A letter to Christian people, known as the Second Letter of St. Peter, date and place of writing uncertain. This letter is addressed to Christians in general, and is mainly directed against the separation of Christianity from a holy life. It also contains an assertion of the certainty of the second coming of the Christ, though at a time which might still be far off according to human reckoning. The resemblances of this letter to the letter of St. Jude and to the writings of the Jewish historian Josephus are most remarkable, and so too are the apparent references to passages in the writings of the Alexandrian philosopher Philo. Both Philo and Josephus wrote in the first century of the Christian era. Chapter 1 to those to whom through the justice of our god and savior jesus christ there has been granted faith equally privileged with our own from simon peter a servant and an apostle of jesus christ may blessing and peace be yours in ever-increasing measure as you advance in the knowledge of god and of jesus our lord for his divine power has given us everything that is needful for a life of piety as we advance in the knowledge of him who called us by a glorious manifestation of his goodness. For it was through this that he gave us what we prize as the greatest of his promises, that through them you might participate in the divine nature, now that you have fled from the corruption in the world resulting from human passions. Yes, and for this very reason, do your best to supplement your faith by goodness, goodness by knowledge knowledge by self-control, self-control by endurance, endurance by piety, piety by brotherly affection, and brotherly affection by love. For when these virtues are yours in increasing measure, they prevent your being indifferent to or destitute of a fuller knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Surely the man who has not these virtues is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has chosen to forget that he has been purified from his sins of the past. Therefore, brothers, do your best to put God's call and selection of you beyond all doubt, for if you do this, you will never fall. For thus you will be given a triumphant admission into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. I shall, therefore, always be ready to remind you of all this, even though you know it and are firmly established in the truth that you now hold. But I think it my duty, as long as I live in this tent, to rouse you by awakening memories of the past, for I know that the time for this tent of mine to be put away is soon coming, as our Lord Jesus Christ himself assured me. So I will do my best to enable you at any time after my departure to call these truths to mind for we were not following cleverly devised stories when we told you of the coming in power of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we had been eyewitnesses of his majesty. For he received honor and glory from God the Father, when from the glory of the divine majesty there was born to his ears words such as these, This is my Son, my Beloved, in whom I delight. These were the words that we heard, 
borne to our ears from heaven when we were with him on that sacred mountain, and still stronger is the assurance that we have in the teaching of the prophets, to which you will do well to pay attention, as if it were a lamp shining in a gloomy place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. But first be sure of this. There is no prophetic teaching found in Scripture that can be interpreted by man's unaided reason. For no prophetic teaching ever came in the old days by the mere wish of man, but men, moved by the Holy Spirit, spoke direct from God. Chapter 2 But there were false prophets also in the nation, just as there will be false teachers among you, men who will secretly introduce ruinous divisions, disowning even the Lord who bought them, and bringing speedy ruin upon themselves. There will be many, too, who will follow their licentious courses, and cause the way of the truth to be maligned. In their covetousness they will try to make you a source of profit by their fabrications. But for a long time past their sentence has not been standing idle, nor their ruin slumbering. Remember, God did not spare angels when they sinned, but sent them down to Tartarus, and committed them to caverns of darkness, to be kept under God for judgment. Nor did he spare the world of old, though he preserved Noah, the preacher of righteousness, and seven others, when he brought a flood upon the godless world. He condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, and reduced them to ashes, holding them up as a warning to the godless of what was in store for them. But he rescued righteous Lot, whose heart was vexed by the wanton licentiousness of his neighbors. For, seeing and hearing what he did, as he lived his righteous life among them day after day, Lot's righteous soul was tortured by their wicked doings. The Lord, therefore, knows how to deliver the pious from temptation, and to keep the wicked, who are even now suffering punishment, in readiness for the day of judgment especially those who, following the promptings of their lower nature, indulge their polluting passions and despise all control. Audacious and self-willed, they feel no awe of the mighty, maligning them, even where angels, though excelling them in strength and power, do not bring against them a malignant charge before the Lord. These men, however, like animals without reason, intended by nature to be caught and killed, these men, I say, malign those of whom they know nothing, and will assuredly perish through their own corruption, suffering themselves as the penalty for the suffering that they have inflicted. They think that pleasure consists in the self-indulgence of the moment. They are a stain and a disgrace, indulging as they do in their wanton revelry, even while joining you at your feasts. They have eyes only for adulteresses, eyes never tired of sin. They entice weak souls, their minds are trained to covet, they live under a curse. Leaving the straight road, they have gone astray, and followed in the steps of Balaam, the son of Beor, who set his heart on the reward for wrongdoing, but was rebuked for his offense. A dumb animal spoke with the voice of a man, and checked the prophet's madness. These men are like springs without water, or mists driven before a gale and for them the blackest darkness has been reserved. With boastful and foolish talk they appeal to the passions of man's lower nature, and by their profligacy entice those who are just escaping from the men who live such misguided lives. They promise them freedom, while they themselves are slaves to corrupt habits, for a man is the slave of anything to which he gives way. 
if after having escaped the polluting influences of the world through knowing our lord and saviour jesus christ men are again entangled in them and give way to them their last state has become worse than their first it would indeed have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn away from the holy command delivered to them in their case is seen the truth of the proverb a dog returns to what he has vomited and a sow after washing to her wallowing place in the mud chapter three this dear friends is my second letter to you in both of them i have tried by appealing to your remembrance to arouse your better feelings i want you to recall what was foretold by the holy prophets as well as the command of your lord and saviour given to you through your apostles first be assured of this that as the age draws to an end scoffers led by their own passions will come and ask scoffingly where is his promised coming ever since our fathers passed to their rest everything remains just as it was when the world was first created for they willfully shut their eyes to the fact that long ago the heavens existed and the earth also formed out of water and by the action of water by the fiat of god and by the same means the world which then existed was destroyed in a deluge of water but the present heavens and earth by the same fiat have been reserved for fire and are being kept for the day of the judgment and destruction of the godless but you dear friends must never shut your eyes to the fact that to the lord one day is the same as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day the lord is not slow to fulfil his promise as some count slowness but he is forbearing with you as it is not his will that any of you should perish but that all should be brought to repentance the day of the lord will come like a thief and on that day the heavens will pass away with a crash the elements will be burnt up and dissolved and the earth and all that is in it will be disclosed now since all these things are in the process of dissolution think what you yourselves ought to be what holy and pious lives you ought to lead while you await and hasten the coming of the day of god at its coming the heavens will be dissolved in fire and the elements melted by heat but we look for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness shall have its home in fulfilment of the promise of god therefore dear friends in expectation of these things make every effort to be found by him spotless blameless and at peace regard our lord's forbearance as your one hope of salvation this is what our dear brother paul wrote to you with the wisdom that god gave him it is the same in all his letters when he speaks in them about these subjects there are some things in them difficult to understand which untaught and weak people distort just as they do all other writings to their own ruin do you therefore dear friends now that you know this beforehand be on your guard against being led away by the errors of reckless people and so lapsing from your present steadfastness and advance in the love and knowledge of our lord and saviour jesus christ all glory be to him now and for ever the letter of jude introduction a letter to christian people known as the letter of st jude date and place of writing uncertain this letter was written apparently by the jude or judas who was a brother of james and so a brother of jesus 
neither this Judas nor his brother James was an apostle. The letter may have been written in Palestine, and the historical allusions in it make it possible that it was addressed to Christians of Jewish origin. It is full of resemblances to the second letter of St. Peter, and consists of a stern denunciation of those nominal Christians who were using their Christianity as a cover for an evil life. THE LETTER OF JUDE To those who, having received the call, have been loved by God the Father and protected by Jesus Christ, from Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and the brother of James, may mercy, peace, and love be yours in ever-increasing measure. Dear friends, while I was making every effort to write to you about our common salvation, I felt that I must write to you at once to urge you to fight in defense of the faith that has once for all been entrusted to the keeping of Christ's people. For there have crept in among you certain godless people, whose sentence has long since been pronounced, and who make the mercy of God an excuse for profligacy, and disown our only Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. Now I want to remind you, but you already know it all, that though the Lord delivered the people from Egypt, yet he afterwards destroyed those who refused to believe in him, and that even those angels who did not keep to their appointed spheres, but left their proper homes, have been kept by him for the judgment of the great day in everlasting chains and black darkness, like Sodom and Gomorrah and the towns near them, which gave themselves up to fornication and fell into unnatural vice. These angels now stand out as a warning, undergoing as they are the punishment of Ionian fire. Yet in the very same way these men too, cherishing vain dreams, pollute our human nature, reject control, and malign the mighty. Yet even Michael, the archangel, when in his dispute with the devil he was arguing about the body of Moses, did not venture to charge him with maligning, but said merely, The Lord rebuke you. But these men malign whatever they do not understand, while they use such things as they know by instinct, like the animals that have no reason for their own corruption. Alas for them! They walk in the steps of Cain. Led astray by Balaam's love of gain, they plunge into sin, and meet their ruin through rebellion like that of Korah. These are the men who are blots upon your love feasts, when they feast together and provide without scruple for themselves alone. They are clouds without rain, driven before the winds. They are leafless trees without a vestige of fruit, dead through and through, torn up by the roots. They are wild sea waves, foaming with their own shame. They are wandering stars, for which the blackest darkness has been reserved for ever. To these men, as to others, Enoch, the seventh in descent from Adam, declared, See! The Lord has come, with his host of holy ones around him, to execute judgment upon all men, and to convict all godless people of all their godless acts, which in their ungodliness they have committed, and of all the harsh words which they have spoken against him, godless sinners that they are. These men are always murmuring and complaining of their lot. They follow where their passions lead them. They have arrogant words upon their lips, and they flatter men for the sake of what they can get from them. But do you, dear friends, recall what was foretold by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they used to say to you, As time draws to an end, there will be scoffers who will be led by their godless passions. These are the people, animal and unspiritual, who cause divisions. But do you, dear friends, build up your characters on the foundation of your most holy faith, pray under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, and keep within the love of God, while waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to immortal life. To some show pity, because they are in doubt. Drag them out of the fire, and save them. To others show pity, but with caution, hating the very clothing polluted by their touch. To him who is able to guard you from falling, and to bring you into his glorious presence, blameless and rejoicing, 
to the one God, our Saviour, be ascribed through Jesus Christ, our Lord, glory, majesty, power, and dominion, as it was before time began, is now, and shall be for all time to come. Amen. End of the Letter of Jude End of the Second Letter of Peter and the Letter of Jude